Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Welcome Christ Uncensored House of Worship. My name is Pastor Roe and I'm honored that I can be in your living room space right now. Thank you for giving me that privilege to share God's wonderful story in your space. And today's a special weekend. It is Father's Day, y'all. And I just want to take a moment to honor our fathers. I want to honor you men who are serving your children and your family as the leaders of your home, as the parents of your home. I want to honor all the fathers. Can we give them a round of applause right now? Uh, I mean, statistically, they say that a home without a father runs the risk four times over to be in poverty. Uh, Seven times over is the risk of a home without a father that a teenage daughter will end up pregnant. Um, Double the risk of a home without a father for a a home to be for children to end up in drugs in prison or in criminal activity so i look at you father and i want to say you are so essential you are so important and i want to honor you today i want to honor you as being the father of your home and not only our biological fathers i want to i want to honor any man who has taken the responsibility not not just biological fathers but those have taken the responsibility to be stepfathers and and stepdads i want to honor you today because you matter you're amazing you said yes and you've accepted a call and you've been a father figure to to children that you've accepted as your own and i want to honor you today and even our spiritual fathers those that have played a spiritual role in someone else's life i want to honor all our fathers today And if you're tuning in for the first time, uh, again, my name is Pastor Roe. I have the privilege of pastoring this church along with my wife, and I want to get to know you, so I don't want you to leave this space without filling out our Connect card. I know sometimes we can just jump into a a, a online broadcast, online stream, and kind of jump right out, but get connected to a community. Get connected to this church community, this church family, and the way you can do that is go to kuhau.com slash new there you'll see a form where you can fill out let us know about you but you can also fill out a form where we can pray for you give us the opportunity to pray for you and if you're tuning in we don't want you to be kind of like in the cut kind of listener i want you to be an active listener so make sure that you're throwing up those emojis your favorite emojis your prayer hands your your prayer hugs or or your emoji hugs i should say and be an active participator uh, in the comment section our love team is there with you greeting you uh don't don't hesitate to say amen go ahead preacher take your time and uh before we get into this message uh i want to express my gratitude for the generosity of our church community your generosity is what allows us to have this church online moment it's what allows us to be out there and sharing God's love in a practical way, whether it's feeding the elderly or giving uh, resources to our children. Your generosity makes that ha- happen. And so I just want to honor every person that has been giving faithfully. Man, we are in awe of what God is doing through your generosity. Now I'm ready to get 
uh, into this word. And it's coming from Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 and 20. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 and 20. 18, 19, 20. Here we go. Matthew chapter 18. I'm going to unpack two verses in two different translations. And, and, and it comes here in verse 19. It says, again, I give you an eternal truth. If two of you agree to ask God for something in a symphony of prayer, my heavenly father will do it for you. For wherever two or three come together in honor of my name, I am right there with them. That's what I want to unpack for us today. I want to read it also from the expandable translation. It says, also, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about something, if we agree about something and we pray for it, it will be done by my father. This is true because if two or three people are assembled, they're gathered, they come together in my name, I am there with them, among them, in their midst. Jesus says where two or three are gathered in my name, where they are gathered, where they are assembled, where they are coming together in agreement, the Father says, I'm going to honor in heaven what you agree here on earth. When you come together, and, and that's really what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about a gathering. And the title to today's message is, Who Are We? I want you to put that in the comment section. Who are we? Who are we? I want to speak about three different groups, three different gatherings, three clusters of people. I want to speak about three different kinds of groups that we see in the Bible today. And I want us to ask the question, who are we? Who are we? That's the title to today's message. I want us to pray. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, that as I share this word, that it may touch the hearts of every listener, oh God. This may not just be information that's being disseminated, but this may be a word of transformation of the heart and soul. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. How many of us always identify with a character in a show that we're watching or even in a movie? Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, you, you, you're watching a show and you, as a child especially, you look at your friend and be like, who, who are you? Who are you? Like, I'm Captain America. I'm, I'm Iron Man. Like, we did it with Endgames. Let's, we're adults and we did it with Endgames. Let's not deny it. Like, who are you? Like, uh, some of you are Captain America because you identify with him because you have that natural leadership. Some of you are Iron Man, right? Because you don't want to be the leader, but you want to give the leader a hard time. But you're very, in, you're, you're very intelligent and you're very much needed in, in that group. But you don't want to be the leader because you don't want to lead people. But you want to be part of the leadership team. That's Iron Man. I'm just saying. Some of you can't control your anger. So I know what you're thinking. I'm the Hulk. You don't want to make me angry. And some of you, I'm praying for y'all. Some of you saw Endgames and you're like, yeah, I'm Thanos. And, and we're just praying for you guys. I'm, I'm just after service. You can go fill out the prayer request. I want to pray for you. Like true story. I'm watching The Little Mermaid with uh, one of our Kuhau kids. Her name is Amariah Miranda, who is the daughter of John and Maylene Miranda. Um, my goddaughter. I love her. Love her. And we're watching The Little Mermaid, and I'm like, who are you? And she says, Ursula. And I'm just looking at this, Lord, Lord, help us right now. Come, intercession right now. And she's like, Ursula. I'm like, why? She goes, because I like to help those poor, unfortunate souls. 
my goodness. Somebody type Ursula in the comments. My goodness. She's like, and, and and her favorite part, she's like, hey, hey, she's like, she's like, Nino, can you sing the part where Ariel is saying, ah? and I'm thinking like every little girl in the world wants to be the little mermaid. She, they're the ones that wants to, ah. no, she tells me to do that part. Hey, Nino, can you do the, ah? and you know what her part is? Her part is keep singing. She identifies, she looks at a character and she identifies with Ursula. And I think that we all do it. We all identify with, with shows and characters in shows. Um, when we, if you ever wa wa were a fan of Friends and, and everybody knows who Phoebe was, everybody knows who Joey was, everybody knows who Rachel was, we, we identify growing up and even as adults, we identify with characters, different characters. Today, I don't want to ask you something. I don't want to ask you to do something you're not even familiar with. I'm actually, I'm asking you today to do something that you are already familiar with, something that you do already. And what is that? I want you to listen to the three stories that we're going to share today. And I want you to identify with who you are. I want you to say, who, who are we? Like, who? Who am I in this group? Who are we in this group? And that's what I want you to ask because the Bible says that where two or three are gathered. It doesn't have to be a, 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 an, an enormous amount of people. He says that where two or three are gathered in my name, those two or three that are gathered in my name, man, they become unstoppable. When they come into agreement, when they agree on, on earth, God agrees with them in heaven. They become an unstoppable force. So it's important the kind of group that we're going to be. Are we going to be people that just surround each other? He doesn't just say, hey, when two or three are around each other. He says when they come together in agreement and they begin to pray and it's people that come together, it's people that come in agreement and it's people that go to God together. This is the kind of group that Jesus says is unstoppable. So I want you to see yourself in the stories that we outlined today. And, and there's three common things that we're going to find in each story. In each story, you're going to find that there's people gathering, number one. Number two, you're going to find that Jesus is involved. And number three, you're going to find someone hurting. So number one is people gathering. You know, every story that we talk about today is going to be people that are gathering. It's going to be Jesus's involvement and it's going to be someone hurting. And our first group of people that we're going to talk about today is found in John chapter five. And it reads inside the city near the sheep gate was the pool of Bethesda, the five covered porches. Now watch this, crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed. He's, he's saying, listen, man, this place is crowds of sick people, crowds of blind people, crowds of lame people, crowds of paralyzed people. They're laying on the porches. But one of them lying there had been sick for 38 years, 38 years. And when Jesus saw him, and knew that he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said. 
for I have no one to put me into the pool when the waters bubble. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man was healed and he rolled up his sleeping mat and he began to walk. Man, I hear this passage and I get excited because this passage preaches by itself, by itself. But I want to give you a different angle and I want you to write this word down, crowd. Who are we? Are we a crowd? I want us to look at these three stories and I want you to, and the first one is a crowd. Are we a crowd? Man, this text preaches by itself. You hear this message, you hear this, the, these, these verses and, and you're just like, whoo, like this man, Jesus looked at him and he said, get up and walk, pick up your mat. That joint preaches by itself, right? The man seemingly doesn't even answer Jesus's question. Do you want to be healed? He's like, I can't, I'm, I'm, I've been here 38 years and I can't do it. Like that, that preaches. Man, you're giving up excuses. You're not even answering. You don't even, you're not, you don't even know what you want. He's asking, do you want to be healed? And you don't even say yes or no. You, you say, I got an excuse. I, but I think it's revealing of the surrounding that he's in. See, because what he says is that he says, hey, Jesus, I've been here 38 years. And, and I know like this is, look how many people are here. Look, look, this is a crowd. I mean, there's crowds of people who are sick, crowds of people who are blind, crowds of people who have skin disease. There's crowds of people. This place is filled with people, but I don't got anybody to help me. Oh, it's filled with people, but there is nobody here that is here to help me. Does that, does that, do, do you see that angle? He's saying, I might have people around me, but I don't really have anybody for me. Have you ever been in a place where you're surrounded by people, but just because you have people around you doesn't mean that you got people that are for you? He's saying, he says, look, man, they go ahead of me. They, they skip in line. And I think that this statement is revealing to the surrounding or the surrounding surroundings that this man is in. He says, I got people who are in the same place. They're living here with me, but they're not here for me. This is not a place that there's an organized system. There's, this is not a place where, where, where everyone is getting their turn. And this is not that kind of place. Like this is first come first serve kind of place. This is, this is a, a, a big fish eat little fish kind of place, Jesus. Like you need to understand, like it looks like we're together, but we're not really together. We're here for ourselves. Like I tried to, I try to get healed, Jesus, but I, I can't because someone keeps going on ahead of me. This is a first crossing the finish line kind of gathering. This is the first person that gets to the finish line is the winner kind of gathering. And so I've tried to, I've tried to look out for myself, but I, I have no one here to help me at all. Everybody's here together, but we're not all in this together. Ooh. Oh, we're here together, but we're not all in this together. Like, have you ever been in that kind of crowd? Like you go, you just got to go to Staten Island Ferry. You go to Staten Island Ferry. I mean, it is packed. There are people all around each other. There are people that are circling each other, but let those doors open. Everybody beams to the door. 
Why? Because everybody has somewhere to go, somewhere to be, responsibilities to manage. They're all there together, but they're not in it together. They're all in the same place at the same time around each other, but there's no one there that is looking out for each other. And he says, the people that you see around me, they're going through their own issues. He's a lame man. He's a sick man. He got a skin disease. He's blind. He's like, yeah, we're around each other, but they all got their own stuff. People got their own issues, their own families, their own difficulties, their own challenges. Man, those waters move and it's like the ferry doors open because they beam towards those waters and I've tried to get to those waters and someone always gets ahead of me. And this is what I want to tell our church community today, that if our church becomes a crowd, a crowd will always be a place where you're looking out only for yourself. It'll always be a place where you never slow down enough to see the hurt in someone else. And so in Solomon's porch, it was a place that was packed. Oh yeah, it was a crowd, but it was also a space where people were only looking out for themselves. And I want us to ask this question, is that who we are? Who are we? Are we a crowd? Are we, a, are we a, the kind of community? Like, this is my, as a pastor, you know, as parents, you have concerns. As fathers, you have concerns. And as, as a shepherd, as a pastor, um, in, in the same way that we have concerns as parents and as fathers, we might have concerns towards our children uh, because of certain proclivities or certain practices or even certain habits that have developed. And, or things that your children are surrounded by, you start becoming concerned. I want to tell you as a pastor, there is a concern that, that our churches all across America and all across the world, but we come a place where people simply come to gather, come to this online experience as it is at this moment, and just come to get served. Yeah, yeah, I'm just coming here for my blessing. It's just, I'm just coming here for my blessing, for what I need. I'm just here to focus on me. I'm here to receive what I came to get from the Lord. Ooh, I can't wait to go to church and they're gonna sing my song and they're gonna, and I'm gonna sit in my favorite seat and I'm gonna, it's about what God is about to give me and you never slow down enough. You're, you, man, you jump in and you jump out. You, know, you, you sneak in and you sneak out and you never slow down to see who else you can help. And I want to tell you today that church was never meant to be a place where you just look out for yourself. Ooh, I know this is hard. I know this is hard for some of us, but church was never meant to be a place where you just come, you sing your songs, you, you get off stage or you, you go to the altar and like that was never meant to be church. It was never meant to look like the pool of Bethesda. It was never meant to look like Solomon's porch. It was never meant to be a place where there is a crowd of people, but no one slows down enough to see the hurt of others. It was never meant to be that. It was never to me, meant to be a place where we just say, well, I, I don't got time for anybody else. I don't got time to put people in the pool when I got my own issues. I got my own bills to pay. I got my own kids to raise. I got my own job and responsibility. I, I, I don't have time. But what, what if after you 
What if after you jumped in the pool, watch this, what, what if after you jumped in the pool and you were healed, you stood around to help somebody behind you? Are we a crowd? Let's never become the kind of church that is simply a crowd only concerned with what concerns us. And the second word I want to give you today is corporation. Are we a corporation? And here's why the second group of people are found in John chapter 8. John chapter 5 gives us the crowd that are only in it for themselves. There's another crowd here in John chapter 8 that is, is distinct from group A. And the Bible says in verse 3 of John chapter 8, it says, The teacher of the law, the teachers of the law, and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. And they made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say, Jesus? Hey, 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 Jesus, this woman was caught in the act. Like everyone has seen that this woman is committing adultery. What do you say? And they were using this question to trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and and started to write on the ground with his finger. In other words, Jesus stood silent. And when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to him, let any of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time the older one first until only Jesus was left and the woman still standing there and Jesus straightened up and asked woman where are they another translation says where are your accusers does no one condemn you no sir she said he goes neither do I he goes go now leave your life of sin this text preaches on its own doesn't it but when you define the word corporation, it's an association of individuals created by law or under authority of law. And when I think about that, man, I can't think about, about a better group than, I think Pharisees, and this is what the group is. It, it's Pharisees, it's people. Group B is a, is a group of people that in the name of God become a corporation and they stand, stand firm for what they stand against. And they stand firm for what they stand for. Like this is the Pharisees. They are the group of people. I mean, I want you to consider the Pharisees for a moment. I know that we always see them as the bad guys, but I want you to think about them as the good guys. These, because, because what they're doing is that they're standing up for what's right. And look what they're saying. They're saying, Jesus, this woman is caught. Like there's nothing wrong with what they're doing. Jesus, this woman is caught in the act of adultery. Lord Jesus, we have to do, and we're gonna do something about it, Jesus, because we can't be having adulterers out here wrecking homes, splitting families. 
women sleeping with another man's husband or a woman that is cheating on her very own husband, like we're gonna do something about it, Jesus. We're gonna do something about the adulterers in our society. Let's do something about it, Jesus. And the law of Moses, which is a more righteous law than even we have today because it was a law that was given to Moses by God, says that we should stone her because that's what an adulterous woman deserves under the law of Moses. What does she deserve? She needs to get what she deserves. We need to stone her. And this is what the Pharisees message becomes. Let them who are doing wrong get what they deserve. Let them get what they deserve. That's what their, that's what their cry is. She needs to get what she deserves. What do you say, Jesus? And what does Jesus say? I look at Jesus' response and it's so telling of his character and nature. And, and Jesus at first, he doesn't say anything. It's almost as if he doesn't even want to be bothered with it. And Jesus doesn't say anything. He's doodling in the ground. And after he being pressed enough times, he gets up and so casually, number one, he's not surprised by her error, but he, so casually he gets up and he says, yeah, she does deserve it. I, I love it because he doesn't say she doesn't deserve to be stoned. He doesn't say that. He says, if you want to take justice in your own hands, you can. Just make sure you're without sin. Go ahead, chuck a rock at her. Throw the rock. Go ahead. He who is without sin, chuck, be the first to chuck the rock at her. This is Jesus' response. He's like, go for it. But I think what he's actually saying, what he's actually saying is it's interesting that you judge her for her sin because she was caught in the act. Her video went viral. She was caught in the act of adultery and you're ready to stone her. But you should only be able to do that if you are without sin yourself. What he's really saying is, hey, how far are you from her? This is why Jesus says things like, hey, you, you, the law of Moses says that, you sh that if you commit adultery, if you cheat on your wife, you've committed adultery. But I say that if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, you have committed adultery. This is why, this is what Jesus is saying to them. He's like, hey, you want to stone her for getting caught? What about you? What about you? Being that you want to cry out that she gets what she deserves, maybe you should get what you deserve because you're probably just a few steps and it's interesting how the church sometimes becomes a corporation where we're looking at other people and simply because maybe they're better than who than what we are we want them to get what they deserve because they're better they're worse than me my sins are here their sins are there and we're looking at people making the claim that they should get what they deserve and jesus is saying yeah she deserves it but if you want to be the one who carries it out, make sure that you're first without sin. And I can't help to read this passage, and I, and I think it's easy to look at the things that we've seen in our world today and seen in our country and look at people and judge people and say, I, I can't believe they're doing this. I can't believe they're I can't believe they did this. I can't believe this happened. I had to look at my own life and, and it's easy to say, get rid of all the racists in the world. And I had to look at my own life and say, Lord, where is it in my heart that I've been a racist? I've had to look at my own heart. It's easy, it's so easy, right? It's so easy to be like, yes, racism. But what about my own heart? It starts with me. 
it's easy to look at someone else and be like, they're racist because they have done the deed and they have done, but I have to look at my own heart and say, how could I judge that person when I know that there's areas in my own life where maybe I have been racist? And I, thought, I know that's tough to say and that's tough to, but you have to look and search in your heart, man. You could look at an adulterous woman, but where in my heart have I committed adultery? How do we get up on our moral pulpits and say, Jesus, this adulterous woman should get what she deserves? How do I even have time to expose the wrongdoing of others? And we have to ask ourselves the question, is that the kind of church we want to be? Do we want to be the corporation? Do we want to play the politics? Do we want to expose people like there are people like with rocks in their hands getting ready to stone people because they are better than they are? I'm ready to stone someone and you stone people with your memes, you stone people with your tweets, you stone people with your comments, you stone people with your harsh remarks, you're stoning people with your judgment. And Jesus is saying, listen, you have two choices. If you're perfect, then you are qualified to throw the rock. You're qualified to post that meme. You're qualified to post that video. You're qualified. You're qualified if you are perfect. But if you have sin in your own life, just because it is not exposed and it is not hidden, doesn't give you the right or give me the right to chuck rocks. You have two choices. Either you drop the rock and show the, that person that is doing wrong grace, or you chuck the rock because you're perfect. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the kind of community or the kind of gathering that is just looking to bring people to Jesus that are sinful like look Jesus look what this group is doing look Jesus look at what that group is doing look at what this person is doing look Jesus no I want to be the kind of community that is not bringing sinners to is not exposing sinners to Jesus but I want to be the kind of community that exposing Jesus is Jesus's goodness to sinners come on where we can be the kind of community that I'm not here to tell Jesus how bad this adulterous woman is and how much she deserves to die. I'm gonna be the kind of community that is bringing Jesus's goodness to them and letting them know that listen, God loves you, that God cares for you, that God has a plan for your life. And if you turn to him, that he will turn your life around. Come on, if you believe that in this place, give God a praise right there in your comment section as much as you can virtually. Get excited. I'm not looking to expose sinners to Jesus. I'm looking to expose Jesus' goodness to sinners. I think that we need to be concerned with people that are always pointing a problem but are completely inept to be part of the solution. Oh, it's so easy to be exposing people's wrongdoings. But how more like Christ it would be for us to expose his goodness to how do we have time hear me how do we have time to expose the wrong in people's lives when there is not enough time to expose God's goodness to people how do I make God's message of love second place to my agenda and to pointing out the wrong 
in other groups of people. Well, look at this group and look at this group and look at look at this people and look at this people and look at this person and look at like we need to do something. No, Jesus's answer is revealing of what the church should look like. Yeah, we're going to stand against things, but I don't want to be the church that is known for what we stand for. Or I'm sorry that we stand against this and we stand against that. No, I want to be the kind of church that we're known for what we stand for. Consequently, it'll mean that we stand against things. But I want to be that we stand for love. We stand for goodness. We stand for growth. We stand for unity. That's what we want to be known for as a church community. And it brings me the third group of people. And the third word I want you to write down is that community. And it's found in Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. And we're just going to read it over to verse 5. The story is all the way to 12, but I want to read just up until verse 5. And this is a few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum. The people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers. I love that. that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. And some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man. And he, carried by, he was carried by four of them. And since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it. And when they lowered the mat, the man was lying, lying on. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. See, I left the best for last because in this setting, you'll see the crowd. They couldn't get because the crowd was there. But Jesus also addresses the religious people because the, the pharisaical spirit is there. The corporation spirit is there. He addresses them too. You'll continue reading. But within there, there's a community. There's a group of people. There's Jesus's involvement and there's someone that's hurting, but they're found in a community. Oh, this is what church is like. It's the kind of community that says that what affects you affects me. Like, I know these four men had their own issues, their own agendas, their own responsibilities. But for whatever reason, they placed it that this man's need was bigger than theirs. And they put his need ahead of their own. There were two to three people who had their own issues, their own struggles. But they said, this man we're going to bring to Jesus. Now watch this, watch this. Now I want you to, I want you to lean in for a moment because look what takes place that they go to Jesus because this man needs help. They didn't expose his sin. I'm sure this man had sin in their, his life. I'm sure this lame man had wrongdoing in their life. They weren't like the disciples in John chapter 9 who said, why is this man blind? Was it his sin or his parents' sin that he was born blind? No, they simply brought this friend of theirs, possibly not even a friend. They brought him to Jesus. But look what Jesus did. Jesus dealt with the sin. This had me wrecked as I was preparing this message I, because I heard the Holy Spirit say, too many of my representatives are trying to deal with people's sin instead of bringing me, them to me so that I can deal with them. And so before you bring people to Jesus, you're trying to deal with their sin. No, bring them to Jesus. You know what sinners do? They sin 
How do we, how do we judge someone that does wrong? How do we judge people that do wrong, that are supposed to do wrong? That's what sinners do. And we're trying to address things from a behavioral standpoint, from a sinful standpoint, when Jesus is saying, hey, if you bring them to me for whatever help they need, I will address the sin issue. I will be the convictor in their lives. I will be the one that convicts them of their sin and of their righteousness. This is why he brings the Holy Spirit to the unbeliever. Because all unbelievers, when you expose them to Jesus, the Holy Spirit convicts the unbeliever of sin. And he convicts the believer of his righteousness. And so the moment you place your faith in Jesus, because you've been convicted of sin, you now start getting convicted of your righteousness. And when you start being convicted of your righteousness, you start living differently. These men, this community brought this man to Jesus, didn't address his wrongdoings, didn't inquire why he was in the situation that he was in. They simply said, hey man, you're hurting and I can help. You're hurting and I can help. And this is us. We're gonna be, we're gonna be the common community that brings people to Jesus, that loves them to Jesus, that helps them to Jesus, that carries them to Jesus, that leads them to Jesus. And guess what? When we do that, Jesus will deal with their sin. We will bring adulterous people to Jesus, but not because we wanna expose their sin to Jesus because we want to expose Jesus's goodness to the adulterous person. We're going to bring racists to Jesus so that Jesus can deal with their sin. We're going to bring liars to Jesus so that Jesus can, but we're going to bring them because we are able to discern that they are lame in the spirit. And so we're going to carry them there. We're going to love them there. We're going to lead them there. And many of us are trying to catch fish for Jesus using the wrong bait. And you're wondering why you can't hook anybody to God's love. And you're wondering why people don't respond is because many times we're leading with the wrong thing and we're using the wrong bait. And I want to tell you as a church community, I don't think God has called us to be a crowd that is assembling together, but are not there for one another. I don't think God has called us to be a corporation where we're here together, but we're pointing out our wrongdoings. Hey, 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 you want to be part of this community? You got to look like us. You got to act like us. You got to believe like us. You got to know the truth like us. You have to be like us and then you can belong to us. That's not what God is calling us to do. He's calling us to be a community. And a community looks at those that are on the outside and says, hey, you can belong way before you believe. I, I, you need help, you can't get to Jesus, let me help you get to Jesus. He's called us to be a community. So who are we? Who are we? I want you to, I want you to lean in for a moment. I want you to ask yourself this question on a personal level. Again, my, my job as a pastor is simply to love us. My job as a pastor is to lead us. And I take this responsibility very seriously. And so with what is happening in our world today, I, I want you to sincerely ask yourself, am, am I the guy that is, is around people, but I'm, I'm only looking for myself? I'm only looking out for my blessing? Am, am I the person that... Like I'm not involved in community. Like I, I just, I kind of dip in and dip out and you know, I'm, I'm, 
I'm not really connected to other people's hurt and pain. Am I that? Am I that person? Am I the person that I'm in community, I'm part of a group, but I'm also the kind of person that's always like pointing out the wrong in others. I can pour out the wrong in that person. I can point out the wrong in this group of people. Am I part of a group, but I'm, I'm standing for what's right and for what's truth and what's, what's the right thing to do. Is that me? But at the same time, I'm just trying to expose people, even though that they might be adulterers, even though they might be wrong people that are evil, even though that they might be the kind of people that deserve to get what they deserve. Am I that person that's championing that? Yeah, let them get what they deserve. I got rocks in my hands. Is that you? Or am I the kind of person that that puts my hurt to the side so that I can serve someone else's hurt? And I want to tell you right now that this is who our Savior was. I want to leave us with a cliffhanger today because it says in Mark chapter in Matthew chapter 8, it says, Again, I give you the eternal truth. If two of you agree and ask God for something in a symphony of prayer. Next week I want to unpack that for us. The symphony of prayer that when two or three come together. And so because um, I want to unpack this, like I wanted to preach this for our church today, but it would be much too long. But I think that Jesus is giving us a cheat code, a secret recipe, if you will. When he says, hey, <clears throat> it's not just about coming together. Sometimes we see powerless churches because they're coming together, but they're not in agreement. I just wonder what it would look like if Christ uncensored came together, not just physically, because it doesn't need to be physically. He says, if you come together in agreement and pray, when we pray together, see what God will do in our lives. Who are we? Who are you? If you're listening today and, and you've heard this message and you're saying, Pastor Ro, I think that I've, I've had to search my own heart. I've, I've had the rocks in my hands and I've been ready to chuck it at people. And God, I just, I need you to deal with me right now. I find these issues in my own heart. They might not have gone viral. They might have not been exposed. People have not, possibly have not caught me in the act, but they're in my heart. I may have not committed murder, but it's in my heart. I may have not committed adultery, but it's in my heart. I may have, I'm, I might not show actions of racism, but it's in my heart. Maybe you man, I, I've kind of been selfish. I've just looked out for what's best for me. Like, I, I, like self-preservation on steroids. Like, I'm just looking out for you want God to deal with your heart. He deals with your heart before he deals with your behavior. Let God do that today. And so I want to pray for two people today. If you're that person that says, Pastor, can you pray for me? This message really is stirring up my heart. Maybe you're the person that says, I've heard this message, but I don't know who this Jesus that you're talking about is. I don't have, I know about him, but I don't have a personal relationship with him. And I would like to, I would like to start it doesn't mean that you're committed 
to anything. It doesn't mean that you have to come to church all the time. It doesn't mean any of that. Though I recommend those things. It just means that you're saying, God, I'm interested. God, I give you my life. Lord, help me walk in your way. I want to pray for you. And so let repeat this prayer with me. And let's say this together. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Thank you for your forgiveness of my sins. From this day forth, I am a new creature because you died for me and you rose again on the third day. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I want to pray for you. Father, I pray for every single person that just made that commitment and those, Lord, that are acknowledging that you are stirring up their hearts. God, would you just bring us to a place, Lord? Would you bring us to a place, Lord, where we will see our hearts in these groups of people, Lord. I, I know in my own life, Lord, I have been uh, the person that is quick to pick up a rock. Lord, would you, would you help our hearts, oh God? That we may be able to be the kind of community, Lord Jesus, that we may be the kind of people that can slow down enough just to see the hurt in others. That we may be the kind of community that every time we are ready to throw a rock at someone else, oh God, instead of throwing the rock, we pray for them. That we be the kind of community that can lift up the burdens of someone else. In Jesus' name. I want to pray for our fathers. Lord, I, I thank you for the fathers that are tuning in today. Fathers, I'm going to ask you to lift up your hand right there where you are. Father, I pray for every father. Lord, as a father, I know how difficult that is. I know how challenging it is. I know how sometimes it feels, in a sense, unrewarding. Uh, there's a lack of acknowledgement to the fathers. I think many times in our TVs, fathers are portrayed a certain way. But Father, I pray for those fathers that are watching today, God. Would you let them know today that they are loved? that you see the things that no one else see, that you see the hurt that many times that they have to muster up the strength to not show their weakness. But you see it, God. I pray for them right now, Lord. And I pray for every father that is hurting. That you may bring healing to their life, oh God, so that they can lead and love their families, their children, their spouses. In Jesus' name we thank you. We love you, Lord. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.